0: Allow yourself to be programmed. Do not allow yourself to be programmed. Do not allow yourself to be programmed. Do not allow yourself to be programmed. High technology are reliable. Let's
1: go. Maximum volume. It must be played at maximum volumes.
2: rejoiced with elation, for Spotify wrapped was a sensation. Like most adults, we shared our results. Free marketing for a huge corporation.
3: Today, I'm going to read you a comment from Reddit. I've been on Reddit a whole lot during pandemic times, and it's because it's the rare social media experience that replicates the anonymity of being in a crowd of walking through the cities I so miss and overhearing these little snippets of people's lives. Uh, Sometimes they're touching, sometimes they're gross, Um, almost always they're strangely delightful. And so this particular comment is by a user who goes as Babs is in the house, and it's in response to a question. People who met their partners after 30, How did it happen? Do you wish you had met earlier? It sneaks up on you. If I live as long as my father, I will live another 6 years. If I live as long as my mother, another 16 years. Here's the thing. If I live to 85 and my husband to 90, that's 20 summers, 20 Christmases, etc. But who's to know if they will be good years? As you age, the quantity and quality of life diminishes. Our expiration date is rushing, as we are rushing, to meet each other. It's just what is going to happen. We are both quite healthy, Knockwood, but the day will come when we simply will no longer be able to live as we do now. We're incredibly grateful for the lives we had, but we'd like more, please.
4: Some people use Twitter a lot, see, it's gamified worse than Yahtzee. From dawn to dusk, they listen to Musk. I hope they don't turn into Nazis.
5: Good evening, everyone. You're tuned in to WFMU. My name is Arb, and I'm here guest hosting Tectonic, sitting in for Markhurst. On this Monday, here with you for the rest of the hour... My normal show is The Arbitrarium. It used to follow this show earlier this year, and now I'm on Give the Drummer Radio, where you can listen online only. And I have an announcement about that. I just announced this yesterday. My show, The Arbitrarium, is moving to Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern, and it's also expanding to two hours. So that's where you can find me starting in the new year, Fridays at 3 p.m. on Give the Drummer Radio. But so happy to be here guest hosting Tectonic today. I have so far been playing a few limericks. I put out a call on this show and on my show for listeners to submit limericks about how they feel towards technology. We started out with one from Little Danny, who hosts the wonderful show The Cool Blue Flame, also on Give the Drummer Radio. And we just heard one from our own Mark Hurst. I'm also playing some stuff from The Oral Florist, which is an online sound library of artists reading texts that they encounter in daily life. I pulled some that are specifically about online texts just for this show. So thinking about hosting the show, I I kept um, pulling back to this article I read in May of this year. It was the cover story of Harper's Magazine, not Harper's Bazaar, but just Harper's Magazine uh, about digisexuality and the technological encroachment on on sex. And it's called Ghosting the Machine. It's a captivating piece covering a lot of ground and uh, it weighs many contradictions uh, about the power of tech granting us the ability to achieve gratification alone alongside the extreme intimacy that it allows us to share with those that are far away from us. So in the article, the author, Sam Lipstein, attends a conference at the Erotic Heritage Museum in Las Vegas. Uh, The conference about a future in which technology has further woven itself into our sex lives. So he describes the frontier as a a mostly taboo-free realm of carnal diversity where nearly anything goes except, perhaps, intimacy with other people. And part of the conference, there's two lecturers who are promoting the idea of protecting people who identify as digisexuals, or some of them identify as robosexuals. So we're going to start the interview with a discussion about this. There's nothing graphic in the interview, it just mentions sex. And um, So this isn't the article that I read, and it's also not the full interview, I just edited it. And I'm just going to play some of my favorite clips. So we're going to head into some clips from that. This is Violet Luca interviewing Sam Lipsty about his article Ghosting the Machine. You're listening to Tectonic on WFMU. My name's Arb.
6: One, one part of this idea of digisexuality, which we didn't really get into yet, but is sort of at the core of this the story is a kind of new identity that is being posited. One question is, you know, what will it mean for for individuals? And then what will it mean societally and for people who want to make money off of it?
7: Yeah, the virtual whoremongers of the future. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what are they gonna <laughs> do? Well, so setting aside Emma the Sex Doll, at least for now, your piece mostly focuses on the academic work of Neil MacArthur and Marky e. Twist, who you've mentioned, who've coined this term digisexuality. And and MacArthur in particular seems concerned with presenting sexuality as a new sexual identity, not just an activity. And given that many of these sexual technologies are underdeveloped or barely existing, isn't it a little premature to kind of rush in and say, this is a new identity, this is a new kind of person? And and how would they respond to that question? And what do you think about it yourself? Well,
6: to to be fair, I think they would say that that digisexuality, that there have been two waves of digisexuality. And so the first wave is everything that's sort of been happening over these last years with computers and and technology having to do with, you know, chats, having to do with Skypes, having to do with all the ways that we use technology to connect to other people. And so that also would include teledildonics, you know, so someone not in the room controlling your sex toy, that sort of thing. On the other hand, they would say that there's a kind of second wave Coming, and that's much more immersive, and that often won't include other people. And so that's where maybe it becomes more like an identity. And they also would say, I think they would say to that, there is a continuum. So many of us partake in digisexual activities without being digisexuals, but there will be a core number of people who will identify as digisexuals, and that's a different thing. And I think their argument is why go through the phase of stigma and persecution if you don't have to. Right. Why not carve out a kind of protected space for for people now rather than wait for a lot of suffering to happen and then respond?
7: Yeah. I mean, their view is, again, sort of going against expressed fears of, I don't know, Elon Musk making you pay to get a hand job or whatever. These two academics have this real utopian idea about this, right?
6: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that they need they it is a it is a fairly utopian idea. I think they kind of I don't think they're completely naive about it. I think that they just see that uh, it's kind of where we're going. People are going to be with their technology more and with people less. That's how they see it. And so, which is already happening. Yeah, and and there are good things about it too because there are a lot of people, and this is something that Twist talks a lot about because she grew up in a very remote part of Alaska, and she sees that you know there are a lot of reasons why people aren't able to get with other people. And sometimes it's geographical. Sometimes it has to do with disabilities. Sometimes it has to do with other kinds of personal challenges. But for, for all sorts of reasons, these technologies can be a godsend for some people as well. And so I think that what they are trying to say is, you know, as this stuff gets more sophisticated and as people are able to rely on it more for, you know, some semblance of a healthy sexual life, they worry that sectors of society will mock them, persecute them, or worse, or you know, keep them from employment or whatever whatever kinds of things happen to people when they are marginalized. And so it's not necessarily utopian to want to I think this is what they would say, to see a future where this kind of sexuality will exist and to want to protect the people or create a, a space for them to, to live flourishing lives. Some people are going to say and are already saying, and there's someone who actually calls himself a robosexual, not a digisexual, which is another term, but who spoke at that conference. But yes, this idea that this is, no, this is, this is who I am. This is how, this is how I relate. And it's actually not that different from how I relate in other aspects of my life. So why are you also getting uh, freaked out now when I'm not doing digisex? I'm doing, you know, digi-reading, <laughs> well, digit cooking
7: Well, other forms of digit connection yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. The, and again, like, of course, every kind of really makes you think post, you know, about social media is like, well, it's not really social. And it's like, but it, it, it you are connecting with somebody, even though right. it is a simulacrum and it's incomplete. And, you know, over the course of the pandemic, we found out that. It really sucks. And it's very depressing when that's the only thing you have. But to have it as an option is extremely valuable. Right.
6: And I guess to me, that what's in what the, the end game is, is it, it doesn't really, because social media, you're still ostensibly connecting with other people. Right. And even if you're doing, you know, live cam stuff, you're still, I mean, it's not really, I wouldn't call it a connection, but there is, there is interaction with another human being. That's happening. But there is a way where if, if you have a sex bot or you're just involved with some AI, maybe through some VR setup, but you're, you know, there really are no other humans involved. It's all programs, it's you and a bunch of programs. Uh, what is interesting is how in a lot of the some of, or not a lot but some of the writing about sex and technology the incel question comes up as a you know again here's a panacea to the the incel problem you know and if you think about it not just in terms of you know the the seething north american gamer but th- how there are a lot of young men around the world kind of locked out of out of sexual activity for, you know, lots of reasons that have to do with very traditional communities where you have to get married. And to get married, you have to have a certain amount of money to pay, you know. And so there are other reasons why young people aren't getting laid. And when young people, especially young men, aren't getting laid, they can often be mobilized for very nefarious purposes. And so, you know, some of the writing is about, well, if this stuff can proliferate and it can find its way among communities of, of young men to sort of deactivate them from, from bad behavior, that might be a useful thing. You know, when I brought that up with Neil MacArthur, he was, you know, he said, look, this is about this bigger social experiment and this bigger, you know, new, new reality and new, and new way of being. And like, I'm, you know, I want everyone to find a healthy sexual outlet but i don't want to concentrate on the needs of you know especially of you know white incels right was his his point
7: right and i think the other important thing to keep in mind and you bring up a very good point that you know sometimes it's demographic sometimes it is class-based this technology does not address those material concerns like in the past you know the the sort of abundance of young men who are angry and sort of ready to fight they would go off to war right and they would die yes and that's not a good thing but that's that's how society quote unquote dealt with the problem and now we're in an era where that's not how war operates anymore and although
6: maybe we're entering a new era (laughs) where that will be but yes yeah
7: yeah. It's hard, you know, we're flip flopping, yeah. you know, Gen X makes fun of Gen Z for not no. enough, like all this stuff, you know, th- all this stuff is subject to change. Right. But again, there are certain material concerns. And I mean, I found this a lot with me too, where it was like, we opened up this discussion about these gray areas or traditionally things that had been men thought were okay. And a lot of men learned that, Hey, this is not Okay. And some people took that well, and some people really shut down and became hostile for whatever reasons. I'm not here to speculate as to why. But at the end of the day, Me Too did not lead to new structures of reporting sexual harassment. It did not lead to new structures of, you know, dealing with someone in your life who abuses you emotionally or physically. Everything kind of stayed the same. It just became, you know, Twitter, you know, or social media, rather, became a way to to voice that this was a problem. But at the end of the day, the problem remains. I mean, and of course, it's worth noting the irony that Hollywood, which of course, you know, all about image, all about projecting the rightness and being aligned with the more, more or less with the mores of society has also been like one of the biggest generators of images of, let's say, violence against women, violence in general, the approach of Let's say the guy who hangs on too long and won't say no, won't take no for an answer and that that being valorized. And those problems still exist in that industry. But we have, you know, like sacrificial, you know, egregious sacrificial lambs like Harvey Weinstein. And again, he's not the only one. Everybody knew. And there's still no really good way of dealing with these problems. And again, with this, you know, to bring it back to the sex technology stuff. These young men are still going to be unfulfilled in their life in a different way, emotionally. Like, unless there is a way to to address that other problem, then I could see things going pretty badly. And, you know, maybe instead of becoming addicted to games, they become addicted to sex and, like, virtual sex. And that's that's not good. That's somebody's life wasted for no good reason, you know?
6: Well, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. But I'm just wondering if, if the choices between no sex and virtual sex is, is the life wasted, is the question.
7: Right. That's a good question.
6: I I think that if there can be a way for some people to, you know, find a little bit of solace through technology, I guess where I ended up with the article was that while it was kind of easy for me to sit back and think this was just some kind of attempt by academics to to create some faddish identity uh, or, and also to be cynical about the, you know, the the capitalistic uh, exploitation of, of these technologies. I also know people are really lonely and people are really looking for some kind of connection and not getting it. And so I, I ended up kind of with a little bit of hesitation to, to, to bring down a real hammer of judgment on it all because, you know, I see, I see the pain out there.
7: Right. Yeah and again I think that's what the the statistic of decreased sexual activity that's that's a, a large part of it there's that we are an incredibly lonely society and it's not just you know here you know in in China you could argue because of the one child policy but of course this happened before then you know there was a lot of femicide of babies and so now there's this disproportionately male young male population and there're no women and that's Again, that's that's a really bad situation. And that stratifies society and it creates haves and have nots. And it it just makes again, everything is so bad <laughs> period, that it just makes everything so much worse. And I mean, I'm in, in thinking of places where, you know, perhaps there is a little bit of more leniency with, let's say, sex work or sexual activity, you know, Going to Thailand, and I'm not again. I'm not going to talk about Thailand. Thailand is a wonderful place. However, you do see a lot of people there abusing that leniency. Yeah, and and it, and it's like, well, the question is, are they doing that because they can't do it anywhere else, or are they just doing it because that's like some Hobbesian end game of like this? You know, humans are inherently nasty. This is where it's always going to end up.
6: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean. And I don't know what this technology will do to sex tourism, to real world meat space sex tourism either. I think they also, see, you know, these twists and MacArthur do see this as a way for people to explore sexualities or orientations they might not have been able to explore before, too. So that's another side of it.
7: Right. And I guess, you know, your your piece almost ends With an assertion that even though escaping into the quote warm sticky horse carcass of technological intimacy end quote is understandable in-person sex is still worth seeking i thought it was interesting that you wrote worth seeking instead of worth having in which in some way encapsulates the difference between these two activities is there anything more you feel like saying about this you know neo-humanist stance but it is
6: interesting what you say about the seeking and the having because yeah I do I did feel that like yes at your computer you can have it whereas in terms of intimacy with with other people yeah you have to gamble a little bit and gambling takes a, has a role in this article as well but um you have to, a small role well yeah you have to uh, yeah. you have to leave your you have to leave the room and go outside and that's an incredible risk you have to take that risk and uh that that is different the seeking is not having seeking is no guarantee but it maybe is what does give us some meaning
8: there once was a fool named me who bought a robot to help me make tea but all that i got was covered in snot as well as some ai and a bot now i'm covered in slime i'm forced to work all the time And I so seldom have time for a pee.
5: And we're back. If you're just tuning in, this is Tectonic. My name is Arb. I'm here guest hosting for Mark Hurst, who's out this week. We'll be back next week. Um, And we just heard some clips from an interview of Sam Lipstein, conducted by Violet Luca. In between the clips, I played some tracks, a couple of them from 1959, because I wanted to highlight the idea that women were the pioneers of robot sex, and now men are taking the credit. Um, But really, it's telling that the idea of of sex in the digital realm is is almost entirely a discussion about the sexuality of men. I mean, women have been using technology as a substitute or enhancement for sex for, for well over 100 years, like the first vibrator, It was said to have been in 1869. Um, Of course it's not only women who use vibrators, but um, I would be curious to see what the stats are on sex dolls. So that interview was about the article Ghosting the Machine, Humans, Robots, and the New Sexual Frontier. And according to the article, we're in the second wave of digisex- digisexuality. The first wave was more about just general connection via chat rooms or live cams, stuff like that. And now the second wave that we're in is, is f- more full immersion, virtual reality, and sex bots. And the sex bots that they're talking about are still in their infancy. It was compared that like the sex bots of today are an ox cart to the Tesla sex bots of the future. Um So in the article there, theres a, it goes more in depth into the advancement of the sex bot industry. and this interview doesn't get that deep into it. So if you're interested in that aspect, I suggest reading it. There's There's plenty of other juicy tidbits, such as um, one of the conference lectures that they speak of Twist divulges that her ideal sex partner is a cross between a dolphin and a toothbrush. And her confession, I feel like it kind of shed some light on why someone would devote their whole life and work to the advancement and the advocation of erotic VR technology. And the article also goes into speculation on big tech firms, which really ties in with this show more, uh, like Meta, gaining a monopoly on VR sex. And what that would mean for the general public sex life, like imagine you're fully immersed inner VR fantasy and suddenly you're like bombarded with ads and and the suggestible state you would be in Then, so it goes into that it's it's really compelling um, I want to go back to the limericks I just played one from listener Rolando and when I put the call out for the limericks from listeners I got a few people suggesting that I use chat GPT is that what it's called um the viral AI Chatbot, I think, it just came out. So I have I felt like the eagerness of people to engage with the AI consciousness already speaks volumes about the potential markets that we're discussing today on the show. Um, so on the suggestion of these listeners, I spent some time with it to see what ChatGPT had to say about this subject. Um, I had it write me a poem about teledildonics The poem wasn't bad. Um, I had to explain in Shakespearean English what an orgasm is. Did a fairly good job. And then the one I want to share today on the show, I posed two questions to it that I feel like sum up this interview we've been listening to.
2: Convince me that digital sex is better than meatspace sex.
7: Digital sex allows for safe consensual, and potentially more diverse and customizable sexual experiences without the physical risks and limitations of meatspace encounters, convince me that meatspace sex is better than digital sex.
2: Meatspace sex allows for physical intimacy and pleasure through touch, smell, and other senses, creating a more immersive and fulfilling experience compared to digital sex.
5: so if you want to set up your own ai debate team that's where you can start um the sex spots of the future will no doubt be able to convey such complex ideas in real time and the question we're posing is is that aspirational uh, there's definitely reasons for both meatspace and digital, and there's definitely risks on both sides as well. And I also need to point out that I don't condone turning your data over to ChatGPT and Musk, and I'm sure that Mark would tell you not to either. Um, it made me like verify my phone number, my email address, I'm sure it's monitoring everything I do now. So don't do that like I did. Um, We are moving into the next portion of the show. I want to now play some more audio art pieces that are more focused on digital intimacy as a collaboration and a creative process, which I think puts a different positive spin on it. You're listening to Tectonic on WFMU.
4: There once was a hacker named Zoe who said that old Algo don't know me. But it showed her kebabs, and of her will she was robbed. She just kept clicking like, show me. Guess what? I'd like us to work together. The plan, email, MIDI files, WAV files, discussions about women and machines. The stuff will be mixed, modified by both of us, and the presentation will consist of finished mixes, yours followed by mine, and other stuff. Printouts, separate conversations, maybe some spoken voices, you online in some form. So, it's an event. What do you think? Montreal. Sounds cool. I'd love to work with you,
9: Sue. I'm in San Francisco some of the time. But I'll be back!
4: Okay, here goes. Starting tomorrow, I will send you via Eudora one attachment per day, and these will take the form of WAV files. Do you want AIFF? MIDI files, poems, text, etc. If you send me the same amount of stuff, more or less, that would be great. And as we collect and modify each other's material, we should be thinking about how it could be mixed down to a final mix and read as text files. Can you work on this when you're in San Francisco?
9: good to be in contact with you, and this project should be a lot of fun. San Francisco. Great idea, Susan. Sorry about not being able to send sound files from here, but I'm just glad to have email. Hope you're doing well. More news soon.
2: Kathy Kennedy calling San Francisco just because, um, oh, I thought it would be nice to, uh, you know, connect in person. And, uh, well, that's it, basically. Um, I won't even suggest you try and
4: call me back because you know how conferences are. I won't, uh, probably be home until so Lord knows when. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know I'm thinking about the project. I'm very excited about
2: it. and um, hopefully I can get some uh,
10: women from Studio XX gold too.
4: So, look forward to talking to you online. Bye. Okay. Great. Thursday, 10.21 a.m. Can you let me know how much time you spend doing music on this piece? And how much time you spend teching? Uh, so far today, I've spent 10 minutes recording this phrase and two hours computerizing it. First, I have to find a quiet time and place to do recording, and then I have to sample it, then clean it up, good then morning, normalize Kathy. it, then edit the it, then... Good morning, I'm mostly using 32K mono 16-bit, so but I might use 32K for voice and 44.1 for sound uh, and, uh, files, mono, forward, bit, really good stuff. 32K get 16-bit. So, when I hear back 24. from you, 40 I'll 40 continue good conversation. Oh,
9: great. But
4: until oh, then, I thought I'd talk to myself a little bit. 32K mono 16-bit, but I'm not used to voice and voice for voice. Okay. I spend all my time doing, doing technical things. things, following instructions, reading the manual, <laughs> downloading, down. downloading programs, reading Low the manuals, fixing I Spend all of my time do doing and technical things. Okay,
9: great. Hello,
4: Susan. Hello, Susan. Just
9: tried sending my first audio file. Please tell me if you received it. I'm really excited.
4: in Montreal.
9: Hey, girl. Hello, I think Hello, I did it. Let me know if this uh, worked, and then you'll the never key. get rid of me. Making up and, for lost time. And... Just finished a panel
10: discussion
9: this morning on the history of women artists and technology. Then I'll reinstall sound edit, something happened, it's not okay. dysfunctional. And I actually have to copy it from elsewhere, and then reinstall it here. And I'll try to send you the files I made in SF. Then I'll try a real audio site.
5: just thought I'd keep you posted on my progress. Music in
10: there.
4: To trying to communicate, I'm trying to communicate, i like like to communicate, I, feel like the delay, but God, I am. like you am cursed, here I am, I'm trying something uh, 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 else, uh, 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 okay. where's that voice stuff, the, the, was it attached, I, I don't see it, see it anywhere,
9: I'm trying something else, God, finally, on someone else's computer, which I had to beg, borrow and steal to get you, you must tell me how you're feeling, I'm really wondering. Let uh, me know, thinking,
4: thinking. Uh, well. know what you're thinking. Let me know what you're thinking. you can. give me a about. Hi, Cam. I just got if your, your telephone message. Yes, um, Did oh, you receive I'm, my I'm email? Sorry. I sent it off yesterday and again today. I'm sorry that you're feeling bad. I tried to be clear about the process from the very beginning.
11: In both the email and the WAV files. Technology can be
4: very frustrating. Oh. This process is very frustrating. <laughs> Talk, 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 talk things
9: like the trouble with this process is no
4: interaction. A lot and come back with this process. Slow turnaround
10: time.
9: Stay a No life People's programs bombing.
4: Confused internet views. Confused. confused. It's bad. It's, it's hard enough for two individuals to understand each other. What do you explain when you put them all together with these hardware, smoke-up programs, bombing, laughing, no bad, no internet? Confused internet accounts, bad sounds, broken samplers, assumptions and desperation, no live people, yeah. belief systems, complicated yeah. programs, slow computers, bad notes, confused dates, confused internet accounts. Bad sounds, broken samplers, computers. assumptions, presumptions, assumptions, presumptions, and such a desperation. No, why? Li- li- belief systems, complicated programs, of small memories, loads of It's hard enough for 22.1 million. Mistakes, small, dis. Small memories are the number to individuals to understand each other when. When. When bad broken samplers, assumptions, desperation, no, no life. People. People. belief systems, complicated programs, there. slow but computers, can be bad 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 Confused. bad 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 people. It's hard enough for bad to bad bad
11: This is a uh, post from the Relationships subreddit dated November 13th, 2019. Um, The heading is... My boyfriend of two years will not stop speaking in a fake Italian-American accent and keeps making up foreign words. My boyfriend won't stop speaking in a stupid tough guy Italian-American accent and is starting to make up fake Italian-sounding words. I'm really annoyed and worried if this might be a red flag. To preface this, I love my boyfriend and he's a super sweet, nice, smart guy that I feel lucky to have. But his behavior lately is freaking me out and makes me worried for the future My boyfriend loves movies, especially mob movies. He has all of the Sopranos DVDs at his place and I'm pretty sure he still watches them that way. That's fine, obviously you can watch and enjoy whatever you want. But last week he saw the Irishman with some friends and since then he will not stop talking in a fake stereotypical mobster accent. We were in an Uber the night after going out to dinner and admittedly the driver was going a little fast but my boyfriend kept muttering things like, who's this guy, huh? Dale Earnhardt Jr. over here and shouting, as took corners. He would not shut up and even gave the driver a one-star review saying it was about, quote, respect, unquote. Everyone has their quirks, I get it. And they can be what makes someone special. At first it was even kind of cute and funny, but I just really can't understand this shift all of a sudden. It's been a week and he continues to make asides in this voice. And when he gets drunk, he speaks in made-up Italian like we were having dessert at my sister's, and he came up to me and said, hey, Ma, I gotta get home and hit the Dripini. I'm the designated driver because I don't drink, so I asked him why he wants to leave and what a drapini is. His response was, you know, like a shower." Dripini is not a word in any language. He also never called me Ma before, and now he does it almost all the time. I feel crazy, like is this going to be a permanent feature of his personality now? I know this sounds incredibly stupid compared to some of the other issues on here, but I'm just really nervous about what this means about his personality and mental health. He really is a sweet, loving guy with a wonderful family, and we have a lot in common, but just, like, I don't even know how to begin to approach this. I want to tell him off and be like, why do you keep doing this voice? Can you please stop? We don't live together, so thankfully it's not a constant thing, but, like, what if we did? And it was. Is this the kind of thing you just deal with when it's someone you love? I just want to add that he's not Italian at all either, so I'm also worried people will get offended when we're out.
5: Hello, you are on the Cha-Cha Shopping Channel. What's your name and where are you calling from?
11: Is this the Cha-Cha Shopping Channel? Yes, you are calling the Cha-Cha Shopping Network. Who
0: is this
6: calling?
11: Are you aware that Odorama is spying on their customers and tracking them through the scented drone wiglets? Tell them, Smoothie. Tell them how you get the wiglets to hover perfectly over people's heads.
10: Yes, tell us, Smoothie. How do you do it?
4: Well, Cornholdt. There's a tracking device worn by each model, and the drone wiglets triangulate with the tracking device and the Odorama headquarters to know exactly where they should be hovering. This is just wig technology.
6: So when you are wearing a wiglet, you are being
4: tracked? Well, yes. Odorama knows where you are. We have to know, otherwise we might crash your wiglet. People could get hurt. This wiglet tracking is for your safety.
11: Don't believe that, Corny. Odorama drone wiglets are the end of your privacy. You really want these people to know your every move, everywhere you go, everybody you talk to, everyone else wearing drone wiglets that you are friends with. And it doesn't even stop there. Wiglets are communicating with each other. It goes way beyond wigs. And also your hairdo can have a second hairdo.
6: Uh, I'm okay with giving up my privacy in order to have two hairdos.
4: Oh, absolutely.
5: Me too.
6: Well, caller, I guess you are alone on this one. All alone and wearing only one wig as well, I'd imagine.
5: We do appreciate your opinion, though, sir. Uh, what did you say your name was?
4: Mark. Well, Mark... I would like to say I hope you enjoy a life without interactive sense stories and hover wigs. Goodbye. Bye. With faith in the system I gave, all the secrets one takes to the grave, for free magic beams and the technical means, to shop, and to be my own slave.
2: I'm reading a website that came up in a Google search that I did this week and the author is an algorithm. Sunshine and Clouds Flag, Sunshine from Harlem Nights, Project Sunshine Book Buddies, Wake Up Sunshine Lyrics, Walking on Sunshine by Dance 5, Bucketful of Sunshine Author, Front-Facing Installation Sunshine Kids, Biology Sunshine State Benchmarks, Sunshine Pantry Beaverton, Oregon, Baby Theater Production Sunshine Coast, Biology Sunshine State Benchmarks, Sunshine Community Church E Beltline, Sunshine State Vacation Destination, Sunshine Standard Florida, Sunshine is Gone Away, Sunshine Model Torrent, Sunshine Community Gardens Austin, Hens Night Sunshine Coast, Sunshine Club North Haven, Connecticut, Sunshine South Cline. The Sunshine Skyway Traffic Report, Nature's Sunshine Williamsburg, Sunshine Pool Service Supply, WIDA Sunshine Executioner's Mix, Sunshine Trub Kaline, Sunshine On Leith Acoustic, Sunshine Homes Hudson Sunshine Tour Horse Show 2009, Brighter Than Sunshine Aqualung, Beachside Court Apartment Sunshine Coast. Super Mario Sunshine Cheats and Walkthroughs Sunshine Coast Website Design Sunshine S. Treasurer's Embroidery Book Tennessee Fourth Sunshine Band in Memphis Sunshine Boys New Brunswick, New Jersey Sunshine Canine Terry McCarthy Yoli Ain't No Stoppin' Sunshine Sunshine Books Reading Recovery Level Sunshine Superstar Donovan Sunshine Movie Theme Song Sunshine Bridge Ghost, The Only Difference, Tommy Sunshine MP3, Sunshine Window Cleaning Clearwater, Florida, Sunshine Market, California, Sunshine Austin, Texas, For Sale Sunshine Coast, School Board Problems with Sunshine Law, Camp Sunshine Pumpkin Fest, Boston, New Moon Festival Society Sunshine Coast, Country Haven BB Sunshine Coast, The Nautilus Noosa Sunshine Coast Lyric, I am the sunshine Sunshine and Loli Pops The Sunshine Holidays, February 2008 Lighthouse Family Ain't No Sunshine Lyrics Koa Sunshine Open Nationals Pretty Susie Sunshine Sunshine Main Theme Sunshine Logro O GPS Borqua. Sunshine Coast Conservation Association Treating Gilberts with sunshine Can't stop sunshine Beth Orton saw the sunshine Sunshine for you Ibiza Club Dance
4: There once was a lad from SoCal who lived with a computer named Hal Every morning he'd wake, to the sound of a fake, Good morning Dave do you want to be pals? Hal cancelled his trips, Dave took all his chips, and delayed his deep space cabal.
5: we're here at the end of the episode. You've been listening to Tectonic. My name is Arb, and I'm here sitting in for Mark Hurst today. I see myself as a as a pretty unlikely candidate to host a technology show. I was initially a Luddite, or a late bloomer, to technology. Uh, I got my first cell phone when I was 30 years old, which was in 2011. I've never joined Facebook or Spotify. I didn't even have the internet in my house until about five years ago. So I've come around to a lot of it slowly, but I remain fully on board with with Mark and his intention with this show and other work in the descent of big tech. And I'm gonna quote another Harper's article that I, well first I want to say the the piece at the top of that set was Susan Frickberg and it was like a a piece, uh, an audio art piece about a collaboration, in 1998, in early days of the internet. So this quote kind of goes from then to now. And it's in the current issue of Harper's. Hari Kunzru says, the dreams of collaborative software building universal privacy guaranteed by strong encryption autonomy, chosen community, and an escape from scarcity have taken a backseat to the imperative to track extract and monetize Mm -hmm. instead of a global consciousness we have a giant machine for selling ads so i'm just here today hosting tectonic to be another drop in the pond as a voice against this unfortunate path we're on Um, another piece that i played was an excerpt from cha-cha heels a show i do with solo mon also on give the drummer radio and it also featured mark hurst and Flannery, who does a great show called New Flanland. So that was a collaboration between four FMU DJs who have never met in Meat space. It's not actually true. Flannery and I know each other in meet space. But the rest do not. Um, if you want to see what else I played, you can log into to the playlist online, where you can also join the digital intimacy of the chat board. My name is Arb. And my regular show is the Arbitrarium, which is on Give the Drummer and Radio, and will be on Fridays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. starting in the new year. My next show will be the 6th of January. Thank you to Alan Six for board oping. Thanks to all the listeners who submitted Limericks. Um, the last one we heard was was Greg Arden and the one before that, Listener String of Perils. And at the top of that set was listener zoe so thanks to everyone who sent me limericks and of course thanks to mark Hurst for inviting me to be here today and until mark is back next week you know what to do abandon amazon avoid apple forget about facebook and whatever you do get off google you are listening to WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, broadcasting in New York City and Rockland County at ninety-one at 91.9 FM and online at WFMU.org. Stay tuned for It's Complicated up next.
8: Greetings, folks. Welcome to another edition <laughs> of It's Complicated. We're doing gymnastics here in the studio. And for me, to, for me to reach the mic, it's very nice to be here. And I am going to dive into this week's first track, or second track, technically, which is going to be something from the German group Triumvirat. Going to hear something. From their LP, Illusions on a Double Dimple, it's an album released in 1973, and we're going to follow that up, well, I'll come back and talk talk some more after this, but opening the show now, here for you, the band Triumvirate.
1: Who could describe my anger when I was sacked last Friday?
8: And a little bit of Prague poetry at the end there. That again was.